What if that noise was the trumpet? Wouldn't that have been cool? <sighs> tell you. We're just going to look at two verses tonight. I intended, I shouldn't tell you this, I intentionally am planning or try to plan to, to go a little bit shorter tonight. I like to have a special time of prayer each month. And last month, our men had a special prayer meeting on a Friday night and prayed till, I don't know, 2, 3 in the morning. And this month, October, I had set aside tonight uh, for that special time of prayer. And sometimes with Christmas and programs, you got music practices and stuff. And so I decided we'll take some time tonight to pray. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the Middle East. And uh, there's a lot going on in the United States as well. We have very key elections that are coming up. And um, we right now still have freedom to give the gospel. And, uh, but there's lots to pray about. And God does move when we pray. And so my intent tonight is to try to go a little quicker and, uh, and to try to just take some time at the end to pray. I do have a specific idea. Maybe for our prayer time, we'll see how the Lord leads. Um, so we're going to look at two verses, 1 Thessalonians 5. Follow along as I read verse 23 and verse number 24. The Bible says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then that famous verse that we like, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I want to preach a message tonight that I've entitled, The Burden for Sanctification. The Apostle Paul was burdened for the church at Thessalonica that they would grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They would allow God uh, to help them. Uh, to be holy, if you could, if I say it that way. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive right in. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are precious to us. Lord, what a privilege it is to know you. What a privilege it will be, as that song reminded us, to see your face. Lord, we look forward to that day. We long for that day. Help us to be faithful. Keep us encouraged in you. Help us to keep our eyes on you the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, would you do what only you can do now tonight? I pray you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When you have your first child, many of you have had children, um, you get excited about the steps that those children take, right? Uh, first, the, the child starts looking at you, and then they start cooing, you know, and, and then they start uh, scooting on the floor, you know. And then they start crawling, and then they start walking, and then they start running, and then they start getting into everything. And then you have to start discipline. That's the tough one. Now, let me say this. Being a grandparent is a lot easier, I'll tell you that. If I had known how easy it was, I would have been a grandparent first. I guess that's not possible. (laughs) Uh, Yep. So I I just am the good guy uh, with my granddaughter, not the bad guy. Uh, But parents uh, like to see children take steps in the right direction. And our Heavenly Father likes to see His children to take steps in the right direction. God's desire for newborn Christians is to see them take steps in, in righteousness, steps in the right direction. God's desire for all of us as Christians is to keep growing into Christ likeness. When we think about this, we have to think about Christ and what he was like. Now, we know the scriptures describe uh, Jesus, describe God. Uh, We're told in 1 Peter 1, be ye holy as I'm holy. That's a pretty high calling there. 
Um, the Apostle Paul is burdened, uh, as any spiritual leader would be, for people under their teaching to grow in this area of being Christ-like. He starts off and says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. The word sanctify means to set apart, to separate from sin to holiness. We know from the beginning of time God was setting apart things to himself. He set apart the seventh day. He set apart, we know, God's people. And, of course, we're watching what's going on in the Middle East, but all of us have some sense of assurance that Israel's going to be okay because there's God's chosen people, and the Bible tells us that. God set apart Aaron and his sons for the priestly office, and so we're familiar with that. The term sanctification is a term referred to as the process God use, uses to continue to set believers apart from sin and move toward holiness. And so I want to talk just for a few minutes tonight about this matter of sanctification. And I want us to see, first of all, as we look at verse number uh, 23, I want us to see the power of sanctification. The Apostle Paul says, this is kind of a prayer, and the very God of peace sanctify you. The God of peace is the one who sanctifies us, who makes us more like Jesus. Verse 24, though we use it for other aspects of our lives, when we have an assignment to do for the Lord, faithful is he that calls us to all that will do it. In the context of this verse, it's really found in this matter of sanctification or the process whereby God helps us to become more like Jesus, to become more holy. Philippians chapter 2, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, For he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. When we got saved, the Holy Spirit of God moved in, and he rolled up his sleeves and said, All right, I'm going to make this individual now like Jesus. And that's what God has been doing uh, since then. I, I like Psalm 138 and verse 8. The Bible says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Aren't you glad that God is patient with us? Amen. And when we think about it, we need to remember that God is not finished with any of us. And sometimes we can get frustrated with what, we, what appears to be a lack of growth in one of our children or a lack of growth in somebody that we're trying to help to just make the steps. God is patient with us and God wants us to be patient with others. Do you know God is an expert? He is an expert in taking Saul's and making them into Paul's. When you think about that, I mean, that's what really gives glory to God to take a sinner, a hell bound sinner to save him and to conform him into his image. And when we think about the Apostle Paul, he was used to pen much of the scriptures. And uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that God is the sanctifier. God wants to make us like himself. When we think about that, to me, that helps me to think that the agents were the agents on earth. Sometimes you can get frustrated with an agent God puts in your life, a mom or a dad, especially when you hit the teen years. 
you can find yourself sometimes, at times, maybe being a little frustrated with a mom or dad that is trying to help you to be conformed to the image of Christ. See, God puts agents in our lives. And uh, one of the most joyful things is to see someone trust Christ and follow the Lord in baptism and go through discipleship and become faithful in church and then to become uh, 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 burdened for souls. You know, one of the most discouraging things is to see somebody get saved and get started, maybe has some lessons and this and that, and then they go AWOL. And, uh, but we need to remember that God is still at work. When someone goes AWOL, when a Christian goes AWOL, the Holy Spirit of God lives in them. And God can still do a work in them. And so we need to recognize that God is still working in our lives. He is the power of sanctification. Now, I have in my notes here that says this. Tell them to turn to their neighbor and say, be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. So I guess you need to do that. Turn to your spouse and say, look, you got to be patient. God isn't finished with me. <laughs> we are all a work in process, are we not? Someday the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to meet him in the air and we're going to be glorified and it's going to be awesome. You're just supposed to say that one sentence. I got the teenagers having a, oh, this is our time to have a conversation. <laughs> Let me give you number two as we look at our two verses, all right? Number one, we see the power of sanctification. Number two, I want you to see the process of sanctification. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word holy there has to do with completely or finishing the job. We know and we see in this verse that we uh, see the three parts of man, our body, the shell in which we live, our soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotion, our spirit, which is the part of us that connects with God, the whole aspect of us sanctified. Now, when you look at the Word of God, there are three aspects to sanctification. I'm going to take most of our time and look at the third aspect, but I want us to see, first of all, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter number 10, and I want you to see positional sanctification. When you got saved, you are set apart unto God. While you're turning there, the Bible says in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 10, the Bible says this. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We're talking about being set apart. Christians, right, we're set apart. Look at verse number 14 of Hebrews 10. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. I mean, think Paul writes to the saints, the set apart ones in Christ Jesus. And so there is an aspect of sanctification that is positional that comes to us when we get saved. When we trust Christ as Savior, we are saints set apart uh, unto God. There's a future aspect of sanctification that I want us to see as well, found in, look at Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3, and we'll look at verse number 20 and 21. 
ultimate sanctity. And there's other verses we could look at here tonight, but we're going to try to move through this quickly. Ultimate sanctification will happen in the future in our glorified bodies. And I'm so thankful that someday uh, we won't have any more sickness, any more pain, any more struggles with the flesh. I mean, what a day that's going to be. Philippians 3 and verse number 20, the Bible says this, For our conversation is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Someday we're going to have a glorified body. Roman, and I like that, he's going to change our vile body and be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That's a future aspect of sanctification that we look forward to. We find this also in, in Ephesians chapter 5, um, uh, that he may present it to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We see this uh, presented in Romans chapter number 8. Uh, those he called, them he also glorified, right, for who he did for no. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And the verse after that as that aspect of glorification. Now, the third aspect of sanctification is present, all right? It's our experience now, and we are in the process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. We find this in 2 Corinthians 3 and, and verse number 18. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse number 18, the Bible says this, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, <clears throat> are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of <clears throat> the Lord. Now, this is the aspect I want to park on just for a minute, this aspect of sanctification. When you got saved, you're in Christ positionally, you're set apart unto God, all right? We are His children. Future... We uh, will be glorified, and someday we'll have a body like as His. Right now, we live in the here and now, right? And God, in the here and now, is seeking to conform us into the image of His Son. This aspect of sanctification requires our cooperation. There's a divine element, the Spirit of God working, and there's a human element. Why does the Bible say in Galatians 5, in verse number 16... Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You see, God doesn't want us to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But there's an aspect of sanctification where I need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God when the Holy Spirit of God says, hey, that's fleshly, don't walk in the flesh, right? Walk in the Spirit. Take steps obedient to the voice of the Spirit of God in our lives. And do you know when we obey the Spirit of God's conviction, we become more like the Lord Jesus? Why does the Bible say in Romans uh, chapter number 12 <clears throat> that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the, uh, uh, unto the Lord, and be not what? Conformed to this world. Don't allow the world to press you into its mold. 
And because there's an aspect where we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm going to be transformed, right? And I'm going to prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why does the Bible say in Romans chapter number 6? Matter of fact, I'm going to read from this one. Romans chapter number 6 and verse 12, the Bible says this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness of sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Your members, your body parts, don't yield them to sin. You see, there's an aspect of sanctification that requires present sanctification that requires our cooperation. And we need to recognize this. <clears throat> you know, it is, a, it is a privilege for us to have the Holy Spirit of God. It is a privilege. You know, one of the highest things, compliments, that someone could pay to you, <clears throat> I think, or me, would be, I, Ron Hamilton wrote a song, I saw Jesus in you. What a compliment. What a compliment for someone to say, hey, I saw you interact with that guy that gave you a hard time. And you know what? I saw something in you that I hadn't seen before. I saw Jesus. You see, the Christian life is lived in dependence upon the Holy Spirit of God. Paul said, uh, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Right? And the, and the aspect is, here's the thing. The Christian life is hard if we try to live the Christian life in the arm of our flesh. But when we yield and say, Lord, here I am in my flesh, I want to punch him in the nose. But Lord, I heard about the guy that said, I love you in Christ. I hate you in the flesh. <laughs> the reality is I've got to yield to the spirit of God and say, Lord, would you respond? Would you love them through me? And that's what, that's what this whole idea of sanctification is. As we look at the process, it's allowing ourselves to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. To respond as he would respond for others to see Christ and not to see us. And so we've got that aspect. Number three, let me give you the purpose. We're going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to give you the purpose of sanctification, and then we're going to be finished, and we'll break for some time of prayer. Latter part of verse 23, um, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The idea of preserved is continue, blameless, obviously without blame, until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Jude Verse number 24, the book of Jude. While you're turning there, let me quote some things for you. Romans 8, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In Hebrews chapter number 4, we have a great high priest. In Romans chapter number 8, we have a Holy Spirit that intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In Hebrews chapter number 7, the Bible says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. You see, why do you share all these things? Because I want you to know, if anybody is for you, God is for you. Jesus 
is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. You're on his prayer list. He talks to God the Father about you and me. He's, he's for us. And in Jude, verse number 24, the Bible says this, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and evermore. Ultimately, we want to stand before the Lord and we want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, don't we? That's the goal of the Lord Jesus for all of us. And if we will cooperate and allow ourselves to be conformed to his image, what does that mean? That means when he shows us areas in our lives that aren't where they need to be, we agree with him. You see, when some, most people aren't too, too teachable. You say, hey, I, I got this issue or problem. No, 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 not me. You, got a problem. you don't like me. You're picking on me? God's not picking on any of us. God loves us. And sometimes we have to look in the mirror of the word of God and we go, Whoa. And the awesome thing about God is when we look in the mirror of the word of God and we go, Whoa. God says, it's all right, I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to conform you to the image of God. You see, we have to agree with God and allow God to do his work in our life. Let me ask you a few questions and then we'll be finished. How proactive are you in your sanctification? Do you open the word of God? Do you get in it? Do you read it? Do you say, Lord, would you show me? Lord, would you show me areas in my life? How cooperative are you with God when God does show you areas in your life that aren't where they need to be? Do we allow him to change us? How burdened, question number three, are we for others in this area? You see, we, we talked to the men last week on spiritual leadership. And uh, being a leader, spiritual leader, is taking people from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's not about my agenda, it's about God's agenda. How burdened are we for others? And then lastly, how patient are you with others as they grow into Christ-likeness? It's a process, line upon line, encouragement upon encouragement. May God help us to see the importance of sanctification in our own lives, being set apart unto God, Becoming holy, more like him. And to see the burden for others. That's what Paul's burden was, his church at Thessalonica. To help them to be what God wants them to be. Let's have prayer.